Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, okay. Welcome back to Talkin' Nicks. I'm Tom Piccolo, coming at you with a, a quick solo check-in. Um, this might run at the end of my co-host podcast. It, it might run at the beginning. Or it might not run at all. I don't know. But uh, the news just broke that Kemba Walker will be a Nick. And I wanted to talk about it. I want to talk about it now. I really, I can't wait. So let's do it. Let's talk Knicks. So like I said, I'm, I'm running this one all by my lonesome. Um, because I'm going to be heading out on vacation later this evening. Um, and that's when the guys wanted to record. So, so I'll be catching a flight to Montana. I'm going to go check out Glacier National Park for a full week, taking time away from work. I'm very pumped about it. Um, but today was a, a great way to sort of kick off that vacation because Kemba Walker, who's always been one of my favorite non-Knicks in the NBA uh, for a lot of reasons, mostly because of what he did at UConn, um, but also just his general personality, his style of play and everything. He got bought out by the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he will now be joining the Knicks on a contract of about $8 million per year. So it's, we're still unclear on how long that contract will last, and that hasn't been reported at the time of this recording. Um, could be one year, could be two years. I've read in some places that it might make sense that the Knicks – keep him for at least two years. I guess that they want to operate as like an over the cap team. For some reason, when teams are over the salary cap, they have more flexibility in, in making roster moves. I don't understand why that is. Uh, Greg maybe can explain that. Uh, he's kind of our cap expert of this group, but you know, I don't know a whole lot about the cap. I just want to talk more about kind of what this deal means. And, and to do that, I want to sort of put it in, uh, reference to the rest of the the moves that the Knicks made in free agency. And those were, uh, we signed Evan Fournier with uh, Fournier <laughs> with, uh, to a four-year, $78 million deal. Nerlens Noel, three years, $32 million. Alec Burks, three years, $30 million. And Derek Rose got brought back for three years, $43 million. And so this is why we don't make knee-jerk reactions to free agency because you know when these first signings were first reported or actually even back up you know going into free agency I wasn't really enamored with any of the options that the Knicks had there were no free agents I saw as kind of like this panacea to uh kind of rid the Knicks of all their woes there was no one I was really targeting and so I kind of came in with tempered expectations I was ready to be a little underwhelmed and, you know, after those deals were first reported, I was underwhelmed. That's how I felt. I was like, you know, Rose for $43 million, that's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for an aging point guard who has some injury history. Um, Nerland's Noel to bring a center back on that, uh, you know, more than $10 million per year, a backup center at that. Um, at least that's how we're perceiving him at this point. 
I thought that was a little a little rich. Granted, the Jarrett Allen deal in Cleveland kind of put that in perspective a bit. But, um, you know, Jared Allen's meant to be kind of a cornerstone for them. My thinking was just that backup center is you can get on the cheap. So I was, like I said, not feeling great. I wasn't disappointed. I was just kind of feeling meh about the whole thing. And then we get the news that all that Ian Begley reported that all of the final years of all of these contracts are non-guaranteed. So Fournier's final year is a team option, you know, and we don't know the exact terms of Noel, Burks, and Rose yet, but the fact that none of their final years are guaranteed, it's huge. I mean, that, that means so much as far as the, the team's commitment to them, their ability to, uh, to continue to build the team. And then, so, so already I'm feeling much, much better with that reporting. And then this morning's news hits with, with Kemba. <laughs> like, it's just funny because Kemba was at no point really by anyone speculated or projected to go to the Knicks. And that's why, you know, we spend all this time, there's all this discourse around who's a good fit. We're Knicks Twitter's arguing about Colin Sexton. We're arguing about, you know, Dennis Schroeder and Reggie Jackson and all these guys. And it, you know, none of it matters. None of it matters because the, at the end of the day, Kemba Walker will be coming to the Knicks and he will, you know, be the best Knicks point guard we've had. And I mean, since when it's, it's certainly if Kemba's healthy, it'll be the long, the best Knicks point guard that I can remember. So that's the thing. And I, I use that if he's healthy stipulation, that conditional, but the, the beauty is with this, with this maneuver is it almost, you know, it certainly matters that we all want Kemba to be healthy. We all want Kemba to be able to take this team to the next level, but the downside risk to this is so low, right? Like the risk reward proposition we're talking about here. If he, if he's healthy, then I mean, like, the East, they, they jumped from going from Alfred Payton to their, from their, at their starting point guard spot to Kemba. They were the fourth seed in the East. Granted, a lot of things did break for them, and they, they all, you know, the season overall, they kind of outplayed their expected win total. But I think that some of us might be uh, kind of mentally preparing for some regression in some ways. Kemba kind of throws that out the window. I mean, just what he brings to the table offensively, he, uh, I should, I should tell you some of his stats this past year. Which, granted, I, mean, I think it's it's safe to say this past year in Boston, uh, his 30-year-old season, he he kind of had a down year in some ways. Like he averaged 19 points per game, about five assists and four rebounds. Uh, he did that shooting just 42% from the field, including 36% on eight three-point attempts per game, and you know that's a great volume of three-pointers. I know, uh, I think I saw a stat that over five and a half of those were um, on pull-up threes, right? So, I mean, that's a, a huge skill set that he's bringing to the table. What a, an upgrade over Alfred Payton. But, um, you know, he, he only got to the line about three and a half times per game this past season, which is uh, a career low since his rookie year, right? So that's kind of one sign of regression of, of kind of a lack of of burst trying to get to the rim and attack that way. But I mean, you, it's, you can't, you can't quibble with these things. Like this is a move you, you have to make. Um, It increases the ceiling of this team. 
you know, now you're looking at a starting lineup of Kemba, Fournier, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson, as long as he's healthy. And that's a formidable group there. And, you know, Kemba does sort of detract from the defense a bit, but, you know, we saw that Alfred Payton struggled on the defensive end too, despite his reputation. There were many games, especially in the middle and towards the end of the season where he kind of seemingly checked out a little bit. He was very frustrated with, I think, his role, how he was playing, how the fans had reacted to his play. And, you know, Kemba is a competitor. Like, I know he's small. He's certainly undersized. But the dude competes. And, you know, we all thought that Derrick Rose was kind of a minus defender as well. And he came in and played major minutes on a, on a very strong defensive team last year with the Knicks. So, you know, you kind of have to have some faith in the infrastructure and in just kind of the the bones of this team and what Thibodeau is able to do culture-wise, accountability-wise, and just schematically, you know, the, the, the team's defense, it's not super complicated, but, you know, Tibbs gets the most out of his guys. So I'm really not that worried about Kemba defensively, especially with some of the other guys. You know, Fournier, he's, he's a downgrade defensively from Reggie Bullock too, certainly. Um, you have to hope that R.J. Barrett continues to improve on that end of the floor, that Julius Randle continues to feel that kind of accountability that he did last year when he really impressed us all with his defense. And then a healthy Mitch is going to be huge in just erasing any kind of uh, perimeter issues that we have, uh, maybe Kemba's inability to, to stop penetration. Mitch has to be that eraser. And, you know, if he's not, if Mitch isn't healthy and isn't able to go, then that's when Nerland's Noel is going to have to, you know, earn that contract. Like I know he's going to be getting major minutes anyway, but um, yeah, I think I, I'm again, not, I'm not too worried defensively, offensively, this roster just has such higher upside in terms of, I mean, it's not just shooting. It's not as simple as saying this team is, you know, made up of better shooters. It's, it's also offensive creation. It's, it's the fact that Fournier can, can pull up and create his own shot, something that Bullock couldn't even dream of doing. It's the fact that Kemba can pull up from nearly anywhere and be a threat, something again that Alfred Payton, I mean, that's just, we all know what, what his deficiencies were and I don't need to go into those, but I mean, it's, it's really incredible. And then it, it does move Derek Rose back to um, back to the bench where he really shined last year. And, you know, in, in the playoffs, we were all calling for Derek Rose to, to be brought into the starting lineup. And ultimately that was, that was certainly the right move, but he struggled to play starters minutes Um and he's just able to really tear up opposing secondary units. So it, everything just kind of falls into place with this. Again, even, even if Kemba, his, his injuries continue to, to add up, you know, knock on wood that they don't. But even if he does struggle in that way, I think this, this is minimal risk uh, as far as salary. I, I don't think that the replacement level of the, the $8 million here was going to be able to match Kemba's upside. So I'm, I'm just straight up thrilled about this. Like I, I woke up, <laughs> I heard the news. I'm very happy. I think I'm excited to hear what the, what the rest of the guys think. I, I know that there are a lot of Kemba Walker fans, you know, we're all from Connecticut, grew up watching Kemba's UConn basketball teams, his heroics um, in the, in the, you know, March madness in the big East tournament at MSG, 
against Pittsburgh. Like we all know, we all know the iconic moments. So um, this is really exciting. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see kind of what the, the terms are of, of that contract and we'll be sure to, to check in on those. But I guess before I jump, I do want to talk a little bit about the draft. We, uh, we had done a kind of live pod of the draft on draft night and that sort of got lost in the ether. And, and I think that that's fine because again, it was a situation where reacting in real time was not a useful exercise. Um, and again, I went, I was during the draft, I was underwhelmed. I was kind of, you know, I was kind of bummed that the Knicks weren't taking many swings. It was, again, this is in the moment. I was kind of hoping that they would draft, you know, a Keon Johnson at, um, at 19 and that didn't happen, right? The Knicks traded 19 for a heavily protected first round pick next year. Um, they traded back from 21 to 25 and in the moment it's really hard to see what the vision is i know that we probably i would say last year's draft probably should have earned leon and company more um wiggle room or more trust from us fans i again i just didn't know what was going on in the moment it was very confusing and the fact that they were able to get quentin grimes at 25 i saw him as kind of a later draft pick but you know, reporting came out shortly thereafter that, that the team following the Knicks was planning on taking – that the Nuggets, I believe, were going to take Quentin Grimes at 26. So the Knicks seemed to have a, a handle on that. You know, they went on and picked a, a draft and stash guy before uh, picking Deuce McBride out of West Virginia. And Deuce was someone that a lot of people had slated as potentially going at 19. So the fact that we were get him, able to get him in the mid-second round, that, that's great. So when you look at the draft – as a whole, and you consider how trading back meant that the Knicks were able to pay less to those players that they were targeting anyway, and because they were able to pay less for those guys, they were able to go ahead and make a move like getting Kemba. It's it all adds up. It all makes sense um, as far as the actual players themselves. I didn't know a whole lot about Quentin Grimes going into the draft. I did go ahead and, and dig in. I watched about four games of his four full games and really honed in on his, his play, his playing style. And I made a video that is currently pinned to my Twitter feed. You could uh, look it up at Tom underscore Piccolo. Um, but basically I, I took a look at his shooting, which we all knew was a strength of Grimes as going into the draft. But um, it was more so the fact that he wasn't just some standstill catch and shoot spot up guy, right? He's not just stationary around the perimeter spacing the floor. Instead, he was doing more of what Reggie Bullock was doing last year, especially in the, the latter half of the season where he was sprinting off screens. He was uh, taking dribble handoffs and, and really shooting while in motion, you know, and, and getting a good shot while in motion is just such a threat, such a dangerous um you know, thing to have in, in today's NBA. So I was really hyped to see Quentin Grimes show that skill. And then it wasn't just that either. Like he kind of added on to that by showing kind of this Fournier-like ability to, uh, to create his own three to, you know, he doesn't need these, uh, these assists. I saw he was only uh, assisted on 75% of his made three pointers, which I get into in the video as, you know, not being that, that much, I think for reference, like Bradley Beal, who I think is seen as 
um, creating his own three-pointers fairly frequently. He's assisted on 72%, so he's kind of in line with that. But Grimes is able to, to pull up around the perimeter, stick threes with hands in his face. Um, you know, I, I talked about how he's not, uh, he's not a great shooter in the mid-range, or at least at this point in his career. He didn't show that last year. He definitely doesn't get to the rim a lot. He, his playmaking is just, I'd say, maybe average to below average, and that's all fine. It's all fine. He's going to be a role player. That's why you get him at 25. That's why he wasn't going. That's why he wasn't projected in the lottery. A lot of people didn't even have him projected in the first round. So the fact that I think he's going to be a star in his role, I think that that is a huge plus. Um, you know, you don't want to go and get a guy who was, you know, the man his whole career, right, who never faced any adversity, who never had to try and fit in. And, and, you know, you end up picking this this guy late in the first round who's just not built for what he's needed to do at the next level. Quentin Grimes is built for what the Knicks need him to do. So I'm, I'm very pumped about that pick. And then um, Deuce McBride, I need to dig more in on him, uh, which I will do in the coming weeks. But, you know, I know for a fact I did a little Twitter thread on him. He is a bulldog defensively. He will get in dudes' jerseys. He just, like, plays a maximum effort on that end. Um, and like he's going to really – he plays a lot of force. Like You're going to notice Quentin Grimes on the floor. So uh, more on him as I'm able to, to watch a little bit more tape there. But I think that's it for me at this point. I just wanted to check in and give you guys my two cents. I hope the, uh, the other Talking Knicks guys were able to, to weigh in as well. But uh, either way, appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you – Rate, review the podcast, follow us on Twitter at Talkin' Nicks, on Instagram at Talkin' Nicks. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys. Hey, let's go Nicks.